This episode is brought to you by Lone Wolf Paintball. They are an amazing online supplier and have been around since the beginning of the game as Michigan's premier paintball field and paintball supplier since 1987. They are rapidly expanding into the online retail space and supplying everything you need to be the best paintball player you can be. They have got it all. Head over to LoneWolfPaintball.com and shop all of your favorite brands and they also boast amazing customer service and will have this out to you with same-day shipping, which is amazing. It's always nice to know that your stuff is on its way immediately so you can start to use it that very next weekend of play. Check out their YouTube, Lone Wolf Paintball, and their Instagram, at Lone Wolf PB, and stay up to date with all of their deals and sales. Play the Game Podcast is immensely honored to have them on board, and we cannot wait for you guys to check out LoneWolfPaintball.com and become a part of their community. This episode of PTG is brought to you by HK Army. HK is an industry leader in high-quality paintball gear, accessories, and lifestyle apparel that was founded in 2007, and we have a tremendous opportunity for you all to be geared up on every level with HK Army Custom Team Gear. Whether you're on the paintball field or in the airsoft arena, take your game to the next level by using code PTG to get 50% off your custom gear design fee. And I don't think y'all heard me out there. That is 50% off and you will be able to collaborate with a seasoned designer to create custom branded HK Army jerseys, long sleeves, t-shirts, pants, gloves, or headbands for your team with no minimum order quantity. Head on over to hkarmy.com slash custom and use code PTG for 50% off on your team's custom gear design fee right now. Let's go. Thank you, HK Army, for everything you do in paintball, in airsoft, and in so many people's lives. We love you. Go check them out. Thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for the tremendous support with the PTG show. If you are enjoying these episodes and want to help with the progress and development of this program and connect with like-minded, hungry paintball players, then head on over to ptgpodcast.com, click the orange Patreon link, and become a member of the PTG World Discord chat room. And now back to the show. What's going on, PTG Nation? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, we are so excited for you to listen to this episode. We have none other than Nick Laval, longtime PTG alumni. We just got back from the Paintball Combine, an amazing event filled with tons of talent, especially the youth, uh, U16 and U19 hopefuls, and it's always a good time having conversations with Nick. You know we dove into some conspiracy theories and some wild conversations, so you're not going to want to miss this one. Without further ado, we're going to hop in the show. An insane inside move by Marcelo Margot. Great communication. And the crowd starts chanting Harmon. Great, great shot by all the guys. So Tyler Harmon saved that game. Came out with two wins. Marcelo Margot was on fire. Welcome, PTG Nation, to episode number 232. We have the one and only PTG alumni, Nick Lovall on the show and we're excited to have you on the show dude we just had had, uh, the combine and we were all out there rallying for the community and and watching everybody showcase their talent so that was really cool how you doing nick where you tuning in from brother dude i'm back in colorado i got surprised with like a foot and a half of snow um i know we all got delayed out of going out of uh um, san antonio but i i kind of wish that i had stayed kyle got kyle got really delayed 
Kyle got super delayed. <laughs> Kyle got so delayed. Wasn't that that was uh that was Carl? I don't know. That was Carl. Carl. You're right. Yeah, Carl was Carl. Kyle's always on time, <laughs> as all of his teammates can uh, yeah. can vouch for. Yeah. Kyle's known for being on time. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. If like if if Kyle struggles to be on time, Carl is just time is irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's the best way to live, though. Yeah. Who needs a Who needs a watch? You know? Who needs rules like that, dude? What Seriously, my my favorite part was uh, before we left, and we were like, "Are oh, are you coming with us?" He goes, "Wait, am I an adult? I'm an adult." But he was like <laughs> actually asking the question, and I kind of love that because, especially like playing paintball so long, like yeah. you kind of get that being a kid. I feel like more often than than regular clock in clock out jobs and so you're like we're living a life almost where you're reminded that you are an adult versus the inverse where you know you have to remind yourself to be a kid every now and then and so like totally. i'm super grateful for that and like that little moment where he had that question i was like dude you're like in your mid-30s <laughs> you're an adult you got that is, it that's so funny you bring that up nick I'm, I'm sure we've had this conversation but i think about it often and, and I've, we've had the conversation on the show it's interesting when i'm around you know our peers and uh you know or if you're around other people that are outside of paintball but the same age age range i like feel so much younger than them you know it's it's interesting i feel like uh i've acquired a lot of you know experiences and knowledge and i feel fairly mature for you know my age but then on the other hand i feel like i'm not as old as you know, a lot of people that are the same age and it's this weird back and forth. And I, I think you're right. You're spot on. It's because we spend majority of our, of our time and our days and our life playing a game for a living and traveling around, kind of living in this fantasy, you know, fairy tale type life that it's like, you know, we're not really clocking in some nine to, you know, stuffy nine to five job every day. Like something about that just keeps you young. You know, I, I feel, I, I feel so young. Like even saying that I'm in my thirties is just crazy. I feel like I'm still in my early twenties, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an interesting thing because again, then on the other end, I'm like, no, I, I have so much more experience than most people my age. And, and there's a lot yeah. more maturity and wisdom, you know, but it's this youthfulness inside that the game has provided. Yeah. I feel like we get to, you know, let our little our our younger selves out more by just being able to like be yourself and having mm-hmm. like less i guess societal rules on us and like there's different ways of aging and i think that like the maturity you're talking about it's like facing all of these challenges and growth and traveling through paintball definitely adds a, a deep maturity that a lot of people don't get to experience but we also don't get beat down by life as much where mm-hmm. you're like I mean, how many times have you had to go two weeks of doing something that you just hate doing, but you know, you have to do it like that's, that will take a toll. Uh And I mean, doing that years and years on end, that that's what adds some age. And so like to get to tap into that, that youthfulness in the things that are the hard things in your life or the more challenging things in your life, I think is a heck of a blessing. So, you know, that's one of the reasons why we love this game. Dude, I will never forget hanging out with the uh, Black Widows and like the uh, the rock. <laughs> I love your stories about. <laughs> please tell, Dude. please tell the wild oh one. Oh my god, rotten rats, rotten zombie rats, and Black Widows. You know, I, I'll never forget it. So it is, it is really a. Uh, it's a. I mean, I'm at a loss for words, honestly, on on what paintball means to me because it, it is just such a special experience. And 
I know I speak for all of us when I say how grateful we are to have this community of people that are involved in paintball be nurturing something that, you know, will hopefully be a powerful sports entity as we move into the future that that young athletes can get involved with and have a future in it and do a lot of good work through because there's so much good things that manifest through paintball. So we're definitely some of the luckiest people ever. And it's all thanks to everyone who tunes into the show and everybody who's a part of this paintball world. It's all of us together. And that's what makes it so amazing. And speaking of amazing, we were just out in Texas, out at BKI Paintball's Combine at uh, X Factor Paintball Park. Shout out to D Willies one time. Some of the best barbecue oh, man. in the state. Let's go, D Willies. <laughs> that place is amazing. If, you, if you're ever in the uh, area by X Factor Paintball Park, you got to check out that spot. Great barbecue there. Yeah. It feels like a place that you can smoke in, even though it doesn't smell like cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. But the food is fantastic. Food is, I think, right next door where that bar is, like through the That's through right. the little walkway. I think maybe you could smoke in there. It was so that was so interesting that that was like part of the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like surprise. It's still bright out, but like you're in a, a dark bar over here. So yeah, yeah. I, I like places like that. You know, like they're grungy, like you know, not so, super polished on the outside, but like you don't need to be when you do good work. You know, yeah, oh, absolutely. It's a gem. They focus That's on the right thing. Yeah, absolutely. Get some ribs. <laughs> Do yourself a favor and get some ribs. <laughs> yeah, get some ribs, baby. Um, but yeah, dude, the combine. Let's talk about it for a minute. The combine yeah. was amazing. So I was there on behalf of Team USA. Um, you guys were were you know there with BKI. I mean, it's all under the same umbrella. But I really got a chance to sit back and watch you know all of the participants do all of the drills, and this was the most competitive. Yeah. Young group we've ever had. There were 33 players that were there to earn a tryout for the U16s. It's 16 and under. Um, And then probably around 15 to 20 that were trying out for trying to earn a tryout for the U19s team. And it was more competitive than it's ever been. Unbelievable. So many. Actually, I think in the finals, because we always do a tournament at one point, I was like, oh, my gosh. On both sides of the field, in the finals, through the tournament, it was all U16 eligible players. Mm-hmm. Like that, wow. that was insane, you know? And we had, um, uh, you know, these green bands for all of the U16 eligible players and pink bands for the uh, U19 eligible. And I, yeah, I looked around at the starting gate on both sides and it was all green bands. I was like, that's impressive. That is really, really impressive. It's a good yeah, it's so cool. And it really like shows how, you know, that program itself is developing because a lot of those, a lot of those kids have gone to multiple combines and seeing mm-hmm. how they've progressed individually. And then, you know, some of the people that we haven't seen before, you can tell they're definitely putting in that work. And like I said it to multiple parents and to some of the other coaches, like the kids at this age are better than any of the current pros at their age because the game is evolving the the knowledge is getting passed down and like obviously we're still working at a competitive level to stay ahead of them but by the time that they're in a position to be a part of changing the game i mean the game's going to have a different landscape because they they've had the opportunity to learn from all the bki professors and have the connections um to get with different teams and different coaches and man, these kids are so good. And in those finals that you're talking about, like that was high level paintball. And like, I can't tell you how many times I've watched 
similar age or similar division paintball. And I'm just like, this just isn't it. It's not, uh-huh. it's ugly. It's uh-huh. there's dice rolling out there and things are working out and things that, that aren't. And, and I mean, these 16 year olds and younger are playing at, you know, all the high odds decision making that you could ask of them, especially at that age. And so like super impressive stuff. I love it. It pumps me up. Yeah, me too. Some of the kids were like, Hey, what are these uh, colors on, on the, the masks they were asking me? I was like, I don't know, bud. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, cause it, I didn't want anybody to feel like, uh, I, I just didn't honestly didn't really know enough to say what the bands were, oh, but it my was goodness. for the U16 yeah, or the U19. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, there so- was Just so that everybody knows, you were, you had mm-hmm. a certain number that were out there, but how many are you able to take on the adventure to Europe to go play out there? So the roster for U16 is capped at six because it's three-man. Now, the Oof. hope is that can open up to uh, a five-man type tournament. Um, the issue is currently a lot of the other countries can't field enough U16 players. Fair. So to see that we had, I mean, there's there's some of the U16 tryouts that are absolutely going to make the U19 team. That's how good they were. Um, wow. And, you know, it, it, it's wild that we had so many. It, it truly is telling to where to, you know, uh, as to how much paintball has grown amongst the youth in the last couple of years. And that's a tribute to Anthony and Lori and what they've done. Um, yeah. Even, you know, the NXL and I know Thomas Taylor's heavily involved with the youth and his team actually won uh, the, uh, the combine tournament. So congrats to him. Um, but yeah. paintball amongst the youth is really, really growing and it's doing very well. Um, so for the future of the sport, that's, inspiring that's exciting you know i know there's always these conversations of well when are the next kids going to come and take our spots we don't see them but we all at bki have been saying they're coming we we see them you know like we're very well aware we're very well aware and and you know it might take a few more years because it's one thing to earn your way into the pro division which there have been plenty of bki players that have earned their way onto the pro division um and you know it's another thing to then become a top level pro that takes 10 years in the league you know um it, it it doesn't happen overnight I don't know. I mean, a- please remind these kids, Marcelo and Tyler, how long you two have been pro as an individual. This is my 19th time. pro season. Yeah. So all, all you 33 Margot fans out there that are like, <laughs> I'm going to go out there and do that. Just remember that it takes that long <laughs> to get there. So like, yeah, but to see where these kids are starting obviously is, is ahead. And um, yeah, it will take some time, but, it takes a lot of time if you want to get to the top of the mountain, you know, yeah. it does. And it's interesting. Our sports different than other sports, you know, in, in football, basketball, a rookie can come in and have like a, a great rookie campaign. And then by their sophomore year, they could be an MVP of the league. You know, that's, sure. that's, that's how it goes in, in those sports in paintball. It's not like that. I, I don't know the last rookie that came in or even second or third year player, even third year player that was like, in, in any sort of overall MVP conversations, you know, um, really the, the closest one I could think of. And um, this is just off the tip of my tongue here. Connor Kelly, how many years has he been pros? This is like, it's like his fourth or fifth season. Yeah, I believe that's right. So even that, right. It's not like two or three years, even that. And, and he's the only one that is like, you know, he, he's up there. That yeah. kid has it. He understands the game. He's making great decisions out there. You know, um, actually, Nick, you have really- one on your team. Tyler. I really hate to, uh, yeah, yeah. Tyler for sure is coming up yeah. and he, he yeah. played for DMG a little bit before as well. 
um, to get that experience. Um, I joined Impact my second year of pro. So I played one year, joined Impact the second year, and then we went on a run after that. And I was a little bit lucky between that. But I, a lot of those kids, I remind them all the time that like I had a great third and fourth and fifth year of pro. But the very first year that I joined the team, I didn't play at all Yeah, for the whole first year. And so yeah. like a lot of like I had some people in the pits in the game that I was coaching. They were just, you know, not very term tournament experienced. And I, I try to give like each person something that they can take away. And some of the, the ones that weren't playing as much, I was trying to remind them constantly like, hey, this part right here is where you need to be engaged. You need to be seeing like what's happening on the clipboard. You need to be seeing like the emotions that these guys are running through. You need to be seeing like what their job entails on the field and follow me around. But like, yeah, they're, everyone's going to be in their own category of development and like watching and learning is going to be huge for people that haven't actually got that experience. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. That's like a little side note, but no, I definitely, that's a great, that's a great piece of advice. It, it, it kind of segues a little bit into um, coaching, right? And if you, so if you're a coach trying to figure out how to manage players on your team and players being upset with playtime, what I've always tried to do, especially in like the summer camp and combines when, when I am coaching the teams, um, I, you know, I know some of the coaches look at it two different ways. You know, it's, do we get everybody reps come tournament time or are we trying to win? Right. And at the end of the day, my out, outlook on it is, we're trying to win. That's what they're there for. They're learning how to be part of a winning organization and what that takes. Sometimes it means you have to be the best player on the field. Sometimes it means you have to be a role player. Sometimes it means you have to be the best teammate possible. Sometimes it means you have to do really good scouting for your team. You know, um, everybody will get some reps and opportunities, but as the tournament goes deeper, you got to whittle down if you're trying to actually win. And so I think there's a lot of value in teaching that, but it's important. Anytime I have players that you know, maybe aren't getting as much playtime, I assign them a very important job, right? Say, hey, look, I need you to watch this for me. Let me know what way this player is shooting and for how long and, you know, whatever. Then that player now is engaged. They're learning, they're engaged, they're excited to be there. They they are in turn becoming better teammates as well because they're they're not sitting there pouting and being, you know, worried about playtime or being upset or, you know, feeling sorry. For them. They feel a part of the win and they should because that kind of stuff should. absolutely helps it absolutely helps the overall outcome of the, of, you know, the team's performance. Um, so just doing stuff like that from a coaching perspective will really help that dynamic. You want to make sure everybody understands that it, it does take everybody to win. It really does. Um, it doesn't just take the five that are on the field. So um, that's always been Have something. Have you guys I've, ever had a tournament win um, where there was people that weren't playing, but then also weren't contributing in some way? I feel like if you take one person on that roster that doesn't want to contribute because they're upset about playtime or uh, interpersonal react or whatever it might be, if that person wasn't scouting or giving advice to someone else or, you know, even just hyping up a guy, if there was someone not participating, have you ever won a tournament with that? I. I don't know. I don't know if we have or haven't. I would say probably not. I mean, maybe we've had like one or two players pouty, but I will say this. The one of the key contributors to the run that Dynasty has been on has been the fact that the starters change almost every event. You know, there's like always yeah. a new player that kind of steps up, but everybody is always so positive and supportive of whoever's on the field. And we understand that 
the the win actually started in practice. How good of a teammate were you through the practice process? How much did you contribute to you know finding shots on the field, um, bringing knowledge to the overall understanding of the game plan? And that's everybody on on our team. Everybody contributes in that process. Um, you know, the fans might only see what happens on Go Sports or only watch on Sunday, and they think, "Oh, that's it." But no, it's every single player on the team has contributed in some way. Even our coaching staff. You know, obviously, skinny Kevin, but even like Vic. You know, he stands up, does a lot of filming, and even his input can be incredibly valuable at times. You know, he's watching every single point, and sometimes he's just very blunt, and he's like you're terrible in this spot. And here's why, like, you're just, you're, you're constantly trying to over-engage and that's why you're dying. And, you know, you might be frustrated to hear this stuff, but it's valuable information. Um, and our camp has really, really owned that, that everybody's role is just as important as someone else's. And I think that's how any good companies run. I think that's how any good team Absolutely. franchises run, you know, everybody, their, their part is just as important. And so when you have, uh, again, like Vic, the way he runs the pits, and, you know, Steve and, and um, you know, all of the guys that we have, uh, when you see the amount of effort that they put into the littlest details, it's, it's yeah. like, okay, we're solid through and through, you know, patch we have, he flies over from England, almost every single event to help us in the pit. It's insane, you know, but nobody ever sees that nobody, he doesn't get any highlights, but he absolutely should, you know, like every, every single part of the machine is really crucial. So um, you know, it's important for, that's why I, I really do believe it's important to, it's our responsibility to bring the intensity and try to win those events. Because at the end of the day, I believe that's what the players are there for. They want to learn how to win. They want to learn how to become the best. And that's part of the process, right? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Those are some valuable lessons. Um, and not all lessons are fun ones to learn. The the aha mm-hmm. moments, I just figured something out individually. Those, those moments are great and they're really important. But also the lessons of, you know, man, I was being the weakest link in a way that wasn't even on the field. Um, those, those lessons sometimes hurt more. So mm. those, are, those are great. That's one of my favorite uh, components of the BKI combine is that we get to have a little mini tournament and everyone gets to have that experience of having a pro coach, you know, help, help them understand the game in different ways. And it's a really difficult task, too, because they're coming together with a bunch of players they've never played with before. And, you know, they don't have the same codes. They don't have the same bunker calls. They don't know how each other plays. There's so many variables that should get in the way of them doing well, but still they prevail and they they work through all of the hurdles and coming up with all the calls on the spot and being good teammates and doing, you know, sometimes someone has to sit a point when this player catches fire and we want to get another point on the board to, you know, make sure that we're we're in a good position to win this game. And they're good teammates. And they're also, you know, just hardworking players. So we loved seeing everybody out there working their butts off. There's uh, a bunch of the drills. I guess we can go over what the drills are that we did. Yeah, we did. for sure. Let's go over the drills and uh, and the winners of those drills. Okay, True. perfect. Nice. There we go. Do you have you have all the info on the oh, yeah. perfect. All right, so we have the uh snap shooting, which is one of them. We had the snake dive drill, uh running and shooting, off the break shooting and lateral slide. Was there another one? Or I think that I think that was it. Yep, that's that it. Right. Break breakout yeah. running gun, snake drill, snap shooting, lateral slide. Yeah. 
And it was cool to see everybody, you know, rallying in the lines too. There's a whole line of people getting ready to do their combine challenge and debut their skill set. And everybody in the line is like, let's go, you know, hyping them up. Or if they put up a good score, the crowd kind of goes crazy. So it's really good energy as well out there. And we got to say thank you to X Factor Paintball Park for such an amazing facility to have the combine at. It was a great time. The food in the surrounding area is good. The people were so nice. And there was a ton of family members out there supporting, which was really cool to see as well. So let's go over snap shooting and see who was the best overall time on snap shooting. Yeah, we had Leslie Patterson was the number one overall gunfight champion. There we go. Yeah, he won the snap shooting thing. Um, And that that entails five seconds, five shots. Uh, You got to hit... Hopefully you get all five off under the five second mark. If you miss a shot, it adds a second to your time. And we were seeing some players in like 2.8, 2.9, getting off all five shots, which is really fast and uh-huh. hitting all five of the uh, targets. Yeah. Uh, Leslie uh, Patterson's final time was four second, 454. So 4.54 seconds. Dang. It's quick. That's it's fast. 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 Yeah. It's combined. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Combined. Correct. Yep. That's your left and your right. Uh, next wow. in second place was Austin Saunders. And then this was a sleeper that I, as the weekend went on, especially through Sunday, I was so impressed with this player, uh, Costin nice. Pabone. Oh yeah. He really, really won. He, he, so he got third in snap shooting. Um, but when it came down to gameplay, he made so many great decisions and he was yeah, like, he was unaf- on my team. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, like he was just super dynamic. You know, I, he he was unafraid to make moves and try to, you know, fill gaps and go try to win the game. You know, he he was uh he was really fun to watch. Absolutely. You know who he reminded me of uh both on and off the field a little bit was uh Leo Smotrov. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean I could see that. Both see similar that little, body types yeah. and sort of like uh their willingness to make certain moves. And you know, he's very young, but I could definitely see him growing into that type. Obviously not in the Russian camp. So there'll be like some differences, but mm-hmm. I don't know who knows. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will be someday, but really, really hungry for knowledge. Um, really uh, humble and, you know, obsessed with wanting to grow. And it was almost like some of those times where I'm like, slow down. Like you got to work on this first. I know you want to like get all of the information. Like right now you want it downloaded, but like it doesn't work that way. So but he yeah. he crushed it. I was he was my one of my go tos for sure uh, in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. We want to see um, more pros do these as well. We want pro scores too. We're going to be rallying yeah. to get um, as many pros involved with getting your times on the snap shooting, snake dive, running and shooting, all these facets of the game that we're tracking right now. We want to see. Yeah, I was just making or talking to Ryan and Thomas about this. Like, I think it's hilarious that I, I have the record for the lateral slide drill. and like yeah in terms of everyone who's done the combine for sure but like there's a lot of pros out there that should be able to beat me on that i would i would hope you know what i mean it's about like Mm -hmm. speed and movement and i'm not by any means the fastest guy i can definitely hit a shot and and listen but like there should be some pros out there trying to uh, beat these scores that's for sure so let's let's yeah. let them know exactly what the lateral slide entails. There's there's three pans that are out in front, and I think they're about fifty feet away. No, much less. I think they're yeah, like fifteen yeah. feet. No, it's like thir- uh, thirty, I believe, in front. Okay. 
Yeah, and then the uh, the 15 feet is from the start. Cent- you start in the center, and the coach behind you will say L1, and you have to go to the left cone and shoot at the number one target. The three targets go one, two, three from left to right. And so then you'll return back to the center cone, and then I'll say R3, and you got to go to the right cone and shoot at the third target. Or I'll say R1, and then you got to go right cone and shoot at the cross shot at the number one target on the left. So it's a pretty fun and um, mentally straining drill because you get tired. You got mm-hmm. someone calling out a code to you that you have to focus on and then not go the wrong way and put the gun in the right hand and make a good slide and then make a good shot. But if you're really efficient and you get that first shot to hit on each target, so say I say L2 and I go to the left cone and shoot at the second target, you get three shots to take at the target. But if you can get really good at hitting that first shot, boom, straight back to the center and get your next code. All right, R2, go to the right cone, shoot at the second target and start getting that first shot dialed in with a nice efficiency. I would be willing to say a lot of these records out there, if people get involved and wanting to do them, can be can be really pressed. And it would be cool to see. You know what I think would be really, really, really cool is if uh, they did a some sort of all-star game. I know they've tried the last two seasons and it's been rained oh, out. Yes. Yeah. But if we could have an all-star uh, kind of weekend like the NFL yeah. has done with skills challenges, like these drills would be perfect for the skills challenge. And then you you give, you know, prizes for the winners. That's how you get the pros to come and show up and and go through these drills. If there's a prize, like you could win a gun if you win the snap yeah. shooting drill or, you know, you could win a gun if you win, you know, the breakout drill. Every pro would do it and you do it on a like an all star thing. So you do like, you know, all these drills on a Saturday and then Sunday is a fun you know, uh, old, maybe old school X ball style, two twenty five minute halves game. Like that would be, oh my that'd be sick. How many people would tune in to watch that? You know, like go sports, they oh, were yeah. doing those invitationals a few years back. Like if they just did an invitational of that, I bet they would get a lot of, a lot of views. A lot of people would watch. Yeah. I forgot about those invitationals. That's right. And that yeah. wasn't that long ago. We were right. Doing and like, like yeah. you don't need to set up the whole tournament. You don't need all this crazy infrastructure. Go to a, go to a park. Go to a paintball park that is already standing. You don't have to set anything up. Just bring uh, the go sports stuff and and uh, host a really cool you know weekend. And obviously the metrics aren't everything. They don't tell how a player plays, and that's why you were out there, Marcelo, keeping track of not only the metrics from the first day of watching all these different drills, Correct. but the second full day of having them banded with a particular color so that you could see them playing paintball. Cause that when you marry both of those together and you have really good fundamental skills and you can play some good ball, that's going to grow. That's going to flourish. And to be able to have a system like this, that is nurturing these skill sets and giving them avenues to approach pro paintball, go to Europe, you know, have these opportunities to talk to other pro players. It's a really cool thing that BKI is doing. So thank you, Ant and Lori, for everything you're doing. Who was the uh, the overall champ of the lateral slide out there? Uh, the lateral slide, we had Jamari Faison, or Faison, sorry hey. if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Our overall champ was Jamari. And then uh, second place, Evan McCarty. It was really cool to see Evan come out and have such a such a successful weekend there. He's been coming to the combines and summer camp for years now. He's really prog- progressed, you know, quite a bit. Um, and third, who actually ended up being the event MVP. So for the tournament was James Wilcoxon, who that kid was just stunting. I mean, the, the amount of moves that he made to kind of break open games, you know, his team got second place. They lost to Thomas Taylor's team in the finals and 
I still couldn't give anyone else but him the MVP. And I like really don't believe in that. I, it's funny. I think it's happened a few times in the pro division. I think Matt Jackson got the MVP one time and he, he was on AC Dallas and lost to like impact in the finals. And I was like, that just doesn't make sense. But this one made so much sense. You know, it was, he was like clearly the most dynamic and most important player on his Absolutely. team. And, you know, he did it in so many different ways. He was always alive. He was always one of the last ones alive. Uh, and then he was also the one that was like the most willing to make these, you know, crazy dynamic moves and try to win games. And he's a U16 candidate. I'm like, this is crazy. And this kid is so young and just absolutely crushing it. Yeah. I've actually known him for a little bit. I'm pretty sure he's from the Texas area. I've been going out there and doing uh, clinics. And it was okay. cool to see when we, in the beginning of the entire camp that we had, we did some stretching and getting ready for the, for the training or for the uh, drills. We had all 78, I believe, almost 80 players out there. And I said, who's from Texas? And like, I would say 20% or 30% said that they were from Texas. The other 70% were from out of state. And that just shows the heart and dedication that, that we're dealing with out there as well, yeah. which is super cool to see. But yeah, he's a stud, man. And then uh, Evan is from AZ. So shout out to Arizona. Doing yep, well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to the snake drill. Snake drill. Uh, this is my favorite drill, actually. It's really fun. Uh, this is like one of the more fun ones to actually do. I have done it. I did it one time and I look at all these times and I'm like, it's kind of embarrassing. I need to redo that one because I think I had like 15 seconds or something. Um, what and, makes it uh, your favorite? Like, what about it? It's, it's just fun to actually do. You know, it's like, it's a drill that you would set up if you're, you know, at the field by yourself, you get to run, you get to dive, you know, you crawl, you pop up and you shoot a target. Like that's fun. You know, yeah, to me, it's just a fair. fun drill. It's just a fun drill. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know why for me, it's just a fun one. You have to like dive oh, under it. the rope, you know, like it's, yeah. it's like an obstacle course. That's like, cool. Yeah. I don't know. This is my favorite drill for sure. Um, but in first place we had Patricio Salgado and this is such a bummer. Um, <laughs> he was in the U19 eligible and I was watching him all week and I'm like, man, this kid is a stud. Like he's so good, you know, and I was so excited about it. And so, uh, I went up to him and I, you know, say, Hey, uh, how old are you? He goes 17. I go, Oh man, awesome. So you, you'd be eligible for, uh, team USA U19s for like two years. And he's like, well, uh, I'm, I'm Mexican. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I was like, uh, do you, do you not have not citizenship in the U S do you not have citizenship in the U S he's like, no. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, we have you on the tryout list. I thought you were trying. I go, Oh, I'm devastated, dude. Like you're a stud, you know, hopefully Arturo ends up, Arturo Andrade ends up actually putting in a, uh, Mexican national team because this kid, oh, cool. yeah, I know he was talking about it. So hopefully he does. Um, but this kid was dynamite all weekend and here he is in the snake drill. Uh, he was number one overall. Number two is a huge surprise, but really cool. Ryan Podesta. Yeah. Shout out mid forties, mid forties yeah. and just getting after it out there with his son all the time. You know, Ryan's, but he's an old school pro. So I, it's not that surprising. Ryan's an excellent paintball player, but he's one of the older guys, you know, in the yeah. feels like, kind of one what of is his ones. pedigree? Tyler, you played with him at some point on. That's right. We yeah. both did Oakland, Oakland and explicit, yeah. uh, that Bay area team that we played for. And then I, yeah. uh, he also played on, um, a, a few different pro teams, including, uh, the Bushwhackers and Bushwhackers, I think. I think. Mama's Boys back in the day, possibly. I, I'm not sure on that one, but I know he was a part of that entire fabric in NorCal. So mm -hmm. he's he's definitely been in the game for a long time. And his son, Nico, is doing really well. And he's also absolutely 
up and coming talent from NorCal there. So it's I was cool doing the uh, the running and gunning drill, and you know, like you're ripping through people, and you know, watching their steps, watching the clock, watching their shots, like hitting targets and stuff. And I just hear like, or I say go, and I see someone ripping out to the outside, and it's like ting 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 ting, and then they switch sides, go back to the other side, ting ting ting. I'm like who? The, and I go back to the name, and I'm like, oh, that's Ryan Podesta. And it's, yeah. it's really cool to see, you know, like dude, you just can't buy experience. And, you know, after seeing his, his son was like right after him also really did a really good job at that as well. But I love the fact that, you know, he can sort of be like, you know, until you beat dad at, at the drills, you know, you got to listen to me. And so, <laughs> you know, you can keep holding that over that, that experience, like, but seeing how far his son is along for his age was yeah absolutely incredible and so it's like the combination of still got it and about to have it it was uh i mean one of my most favorite storylines of the combine was watching ryan podesta not only kill the drills but you know do so well as a as a back guy and using his experience in the tournament and then being right behind his son pushing him up there getting him comfortable with what it is to have to hit those shots it was just you know i i love that and i think that paintball is so incredibly unique in that sense because you know at a at a high competition level i mean you can't go out and play any any sport with your kid you can't like play at a d1 level in football with your own son but like in paintball you can do that you know as long as you have the individual talent and your your kid is also you know on that same level there's not like any sort of like physicality and old bones that are are separating the two and so to be able to do a sport like paintball with your family at a high level for a really long time, it's like another incredible check mark on, on paintball in general. Yeah, without a doubt. And the off the break shooting is a difficult one. Do you want to like kind of walk them through what that drill entailed? So that, that was the, um, the running gun. And so they would start right handed oh, and they would have a target about uh, 15 feet, a close one in the dead center. And then they'd have one target all the way up in the 50 in the dead center. Um, and then one final target on the tape line. And so the player would have to start at the start box and on the go run to the tape line um, at a speed that they could hit the targets. But if they could hit the targets as fast as they could and try to hit all three of those. And so the really close target was a uh, 1.1 second, basically. Um, the further one in the middle was two seconds and, or sorry, three seconds, uh, because that was like the highest scored one. It was far hard to hit and you're moving. And the, the one at the very end was two seconds. And the reason why I say seconds, because your time starting from the start box to get out to the wire, out to the corner to shoot that last target, um, each one that you missed was an added second for every, uh, target that was. So for example, if you hit the, missed the far target, you'd get plus three seconds on your time. And so like, I would say an average run out was about five seconds. And so your five seconds from start box to the outside, if you miss that, that far target is three seconds on top of five seconds is pretty sub- substantial. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's how we, how we do the scoring there. And there was a strategy in hitting some of those, um, which ones you definitely wanted to hit, AKA the three target or three point target. Um, but then you'd switch to your left hand and do it left hand. And it was also interesting seeing um, people's times usually increase by about 
20% on the left-hand side because they were trying to hit the targets a little bit more. And so mm-hmm. little little tip there, if you're slower on your left-hand side than your right-hand side, then that's the one you got to work on. And that's why we're applying numbers to all these skills so that you really can hone in on what specific things you could work on to um, become a better overall player. Quick insight uh, before we move on. Ryan Podesta was the number one overall in the uh, run and gun drill. So he yes. he won that one, no doubt. He literally made um, me look up from my score sheet. <laughs> be like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Uh, so I, I probably, I think he was on the second round for me, and I knew that he was going to win that drill off the break on, on just his right hand. I was like, Oh man. Yeah. He's crushing so, that's there. great. <laughs> um, but I do real quick. Let's finish up the snake drill. Number three overall was Christian Morris, another U 16 player. Nice. And this player I was so impressed with. He was the one that had the zebra, uh, EVSs. You guys remember, yep. but, um, he was so impressive throughout the whole weekend too. Um, so yeah, studs, studs all the way around. Bunch of studs. Run and gun. Let's go. We have Ryan Podesta, one, number one overall, Evan McCarty, number two overall, um, and Leslie Patterson, number three overall. So Evan and Leslie and Ryan, right? They're all staying really consistent in the you know top portion of the fundamental skill set uh, drills. Nice to see. Nice and to Evan see. won the, uh, I mean, the overall. We, yep, yeah. was going to get there. But yes, Evan won the overall. <laughs> Overall, <laughs> spoiler alert. Shaking the Christmas box. <laughs> <on here. laughs> nice. Tyler couldn't wait. Let's just get yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the last drill was the breakout drill where Evan McCarty was number one overall there, Christian Morris, number two overall, and Noah Armenta, number three overall. Um, and then, yes, indeed, the overall winners. Oop, 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 oop. Where did this go? And when you're saying overall winners, just to clarify for people, that is a combination of all the drills together and your yes. placement within those drills. And so we average all of the drills together to make uh, the top list. Absolutely. And that order goes Evan McCarty at the top there, um, which again was so cool to see, right? Because we've seen Evan come to so many of these uh, camps and combines and i believe this is the first overall mvp that he's gotten i think he's won some of the individual ones before you know he's such a fundamentally he's he's really really spot on um but this was i believe the first time he's won the overall mvp so that was cool to see him earn that yeah to see all that work pay off like in it's like the proof's in the pudding the numbers are right there and so like that's such a, a boost to him and should be you know applauded by by everyone that sees that work ethic and then also scary for people that don't have it so and totally. be applauded by marcello's technology machine Get, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. thanks ty thank you um i see him working his butt off every weekend out at az battle zone he's out for there sure. he's always working yeah, so congratulations absolutely. bud keep it up number two overall christian morris which again, no surprise, little 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 clap there. Let's go, Christian Morris. Excellent play, excellent play. And number three overall, Leslie Patterson. There you go, Let's go. Let's go. Way to work. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just an incredible weekend to be honest. Uh, like I said, a lot of amazing talent. What was so cool to me was the amount of young talent that was um, leaps and bounds above you know, any other group of youth players that I've, that I've seen. 
in that quantity, you know, um, usually you get that many players under 16, it's going to be about 50, 50 probably. Mm -hmm. And this one, it was like, they all understood the assignment. (laughs) (laughs) They all understood the assignment. Um, totally. Yeah. So back, I, I do think one of the questions you had asked how many we take. So, um, only six can be rostered with U 16 and I believe up to 12 can be rostered for U19, but we have, I don't think we've ever filled that completely out. We like to be around 10. Um, if we do take 12, uh, 11 and 12 probably aren't going to get much play time. And we make that very clear before the participants, you know, book their flights. And, you know, I say, hey, if you want to be part of it, cool, but this is where you're at. You would have to do something extraordinary in the practice before uh, the event to, to break into that top spot. Like a Tanya Harding situation. Tanya Harding. You got to explain. You got to explain. Uh, where you injure your, <laughs> where you injure your potential competition so that you get the spot. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. Okay, just like that, the hats are coming out. What is this, dude? What is this? It's already hats. Who did it? Who, Who did, did it? it? Oh, just wait. The Who the uh, Discord. The Discord chat has a bunch of tinfoil. Oh, hats nice. Let's go. I knew you were coming. You. I love that. Um, oh man, it's yeah. funny. Yep. So. And- no, go, go ahead, Ty. No, oh, I was just you. gonna say it's uh it's amazing to see everybody working hard. Keep keep doing your thing out there. Also, cannot say enough good things about BKI, the database of information as well. BKIPaintball.com. If you can go and check that out, because you're going to be getting an inside look at the top players in the world, how they're breaking down situations, how they're drilling, and be able to also have all of these combine drills that you can work on and get your own times docked in like the database that they have over there because i'm pretty sure they've built a whole area for this right where is that at uh okay it's all in there for for the uh scores of everything paintball combine paintballcombine.com oh for the scores gotcha yes yeah yeah um and i don't know that the scores from this one are fully live on the site yet but you can see all of the previous year's scores Mm -hmm. yeah um they are on the facebook um okay because it's nice. a faster update and that stuff's getting updated like as we're turning it in mm-hmm. so that will eventually get migrated over perfect awesome if you haven't already logged into the youtube to see nick's background you got to do that as well it's popping <laughs> off he's at yeah. edc right now and uh oops, it, oops, oops. <laughs> yeah. while I, you're uh... over there subscribe to the channel <laughs> get on the youtube i i do want to give one more shout out too this was another funny thing and this this one wasn't on me uh, you know, the first one, um, with, uh, Patricio was definitely on Ant and Lori for putting him in the U19s category. For some reason, I thought that miles and shout out to miles. He's one of the PTG goats. Um, nice. I thought he was U19 eligible. And I was like, this kid is, this kid is good. And he's a little shorter too, right? He's fast snake player, like super aggressive. And I was so excited. I was like, okay, for sure. Inviting him to the tryout. And then at the end of the day, I'm like talking to him or, you know, kind of shooting the shit and uh, asking him how old he is. And he's 24. And I'm like, wait, you're so you're not eligible either. I'm like, oh, man, my heart, my heart's been broken twice now. <laughs> 24. <laughs> he's 24. He's him. like, yeah, no, I'm not here for that. I'm like, I don't know why I had you on that. And then I went back and looked at the list. He wasn't on that. He wasn't he wasn't even in the heats that. So I don't know what made me what made my brain think that he was <laughs> eligible. But I was like, Mandela effect. Yeah, something, dude. It was it was wild. So game on. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I lost that one. I will concede, Tyler. You were absolutely right. Uh, but here's what's funny. Here's what's funny. And I, I wish it was someone else that said it because I 
this rebuttal actually is impossible to apply to you because you play every single point. Yeah. But my rebuttal was, well, yeah. So the horn, because Jason Trozen, okay, so let's rewind. So for everybody at home, we had this big debate that after the buzzer or during the buzzer, when they start the game on the pro field, there's a small little like voice that goes, game on, right? And I've known that that's on the divisional fields where they still have the beeps that count down. But I thought when they switched over to the foghorn, it was just the foghorn. I was like dead set on it. And actually, so Nick Sloviak was too. I think he was the only one that Dude, was he, in agreement with I me. I could not believe it. He sent me a PayPal today for 20 bucks. I said, you oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, so anyway, we messaged Jason Trojan and for, you know, sure enough, he gets back to us and he shows us like the actual uh, iPad with the start. The, the horn goes, it goes, game on, yeah. which is so weird. So it's so far after the horn. And so my rebuttal would be, oh, dude, I mean, the game starts and I'm actually playing. Yeah. Like you're in the pit yeah, you're shooting the game gun. starts. So like, that's why you you hear it. But that doesn't apply to Tyler at all. Uh, so, you know, just hyper awareness from uh, T-Harm over so here. So the only reason I know <laughs> is because I love the intro to our show so much. And yes. I love how, you know, it gives you the beep, beep, beep. And then. Yeah. Now, I guess we could incorporate the game on, which goes with the branding as well, you know? I don't know. I love our branding. beep. I think it's so good. We don't even do beeps so anymore. I, yeah, I guess I know, that's for the it's still like iconic. Yeah, that's it's still like, yeah. yeah. And I think we should go back to beeps, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, I, I was so against the beeps because people were certainly leaving early. It was a thing, you know. Still uh, happening. I mean, it's still happening, exactly. Um, and that beep countdown from a spectator perspective is so much more exciting in my opinion. There's like mm. a buildup and it's like visually or, or um, um, you know, audibly it's, it's like NASCAR. It's engaging. It's engaging. Yeah. You're like, like beep, 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 NASCAR. beep. And then like so, all, you know, everyone starts playing. <laughs> I miss the beeps. Yeah. It's I miss the beeps. Whereas now I feel like it's like, okay, like you hit the 10 seconds and you see everyone like lined up, but there's like, it's like, like so anticlimactic, you know? Well, it's, it's like, like the NASCAR or the uh, the drag races, they have the the light in the middle, and it, it yeah. Imagine if that thing wasn't beeping because I know it. Yeah, they can, they can hear it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that, I don't know. I miss the beeps. I yeah. I uh, am in favor of bringing the beeps back. Shout out to the beeps one time, Nick. Shout out to you, the beeps. You uh, also have some stuff that you're working on that's going to be debuting, I think, into the future. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything that you would want to divulge to the community that you've been working on, but I know you you got some projects that you're cooking up. Yeah, I mean, I just I just want to make some cool stuff and like um, things that, you know, after traveling and playing that I'm like, why does no one make this? And then as I'm going into the process of trying to make it, I'm like, oh, because it's hard. They're hard things to just make. <laughs> and so I'm trying to figure that stuff out right now. But um, yeah, I mean, I want to I'd like to make my mark on the paintball community in a way and provide a service. And so, yeah, I'm trying to get some of that stuff done and it's cool, you know, working with, with other companies and seeing, you know, they're providing a service of let's just, let's make stuff that people will want versus, you know, let's make stuff people will buy. I think that like coming from it from a different perspective, I'm just like, mm. I want to have cool stuff for me to do the stuff that I love to do. And so, yeah, eventually I'm going to um, have a couple things that are just convenience things for paintball players that um i think that some of the larger companies are just like you know why why do it in that way <laughs> so i'm doing it in the weird way that represents me and the sort of the um thought out hopefully quality uh situation that i'd like it to be in but yeah it's 
there's it's funny because I thought we would sort of get into some of the new teams and roster moves, but mm-hmm. we will. I was thinking about earlier how there's only there's two really hard parts of doing anything. The first starting it and getting getting it going. And then the other hard part is keeping it going. Um, and so like preparing mentally for those two things or succeeding and failing at those two things in other uh, aspects. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to prepare myself to do, do well at both. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes. And it's, well, it's a lot of work. We know. <laughs> yeah. 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 hundred percent. But, uh, I know we're both really excited to, uh, to learn about this. Is there any more information you could share on like, give any, any clues or is it hush on the next one? On the next one. Cause I I actually want to get stuff, uh, like in my hands first versus, you know, um, having it designed and talked about and get a bunch of things that are terrible samples and be like, you know, I don't want this. And so the, the deadline for it is like a little bit further out because I, you know, I just want to do a good job on it. And so that's, well, that's where I'm at on that. And it's gotta be authentic. Nice. It's gotta be like any yeah. good art that anyone makes, which essentially when you're creating anything, it's, it's an artistic uh, flow that you have to get into, you know, and there's a lot of different components that go into making a good product and it has to be authentic for you. And I love the way that you said you're making it, you know, of course, people are going to support because it's you, but you're making it for you. And there's, yeah. there's certain things that, you know, you feel need to be in the space and you're like, they're not there. Boom. I'm going to create them. And through this, you learn so much about yourself and how difficult it is to, to like bring something into the physical world from a thought. It is such Dude, a, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. And like, I, I design a lot of things on a daily basis and I mean, anyone that does anything artistic, it's such a frustrating process because like, no matter what your dream and vision of it, it's never quite what you envision. It's always like a little bit off of what you envision. And even though, you know, people can look at it as like, oh, that that's perfection. It's like whoever made it is, I guarantee they were like, oh, there's like, you know, mm-hmm. a seam off there or there's, you know, um, a color adjustment here that didn't come out the same way, especially when there's like multiple hands and like humans, we, we need each other. You can't do everything by yourself. And so like when something goes through multiple different processes through multiple different people, you, you know, there's, they inevitably, and, and, and it's impossible not to, but you put your fingerprint on it and you know, your fingerprint can come from some sort of disconnection. Like if I don't necessarily care about someone else's project that might come come through in what I create in my part of the process. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is something that I'm trying to avoid, but that's, that's very hard to do. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, to, as you're saying, Tyler, to take anything from your mind and bring it into the world is, I mean, in some ways a futile uh, <laughs> attempt to make something perfect. And so to accept that, you know, nothing is perfect is, is part of the moving forward and, starting something yeah because you know how many times have you had an idea that you're like man i want it just like this and then it starts not going that way and then you're just like all right hands off it's not going to be everything i dreamed of and i'm sure many of your listeners can understand that from the perspective of just having an idea and wanting to start to do it and then you know getting really discouraged by the process and it's like you know, part of that process is that you, you got to accept that there's certain lines along that process that aren't going to be exactly your vision. Hmm. 
Yeah, there's like a honeymoon phase in the beginning too. Where it's like you know, you're <laughs> yeah, like you're super... really excited about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, the honeymoon phase I feel like is because whatever that thing is is in a pedestal on your mind, whether it's another person or whether it's an idea. But you create this perfect thing, and then you start to realize this, not, this, this is not exactly what I wanted. But like, you know, that's not the material world, and yeah. it's not realistic. And so you kind of have to accept that there's nothing that's going to be exactly like you imagine. There's another element to that too. You go through that whole process and uh, and then do take the leap and go through the hard work of actually getting it done exactly how you want. And maybe you get it 95% of how you want. You're excited about it. And then you release it and it's not received the way you thought it was going to be. That's yeah, a type absolutely. of failure that that often will discourage people from ever trying again, which is the problem. The successful people have 100, 200, 500 of those types of failures before they find that one idea that is like, oh, this works. You know, we talk about it quite it, it, within paintball alone. There's been so many crazy like side business quests that I've embarked on, you know, and been yeah. so adamant that, hey, this is it. This is how I'm going to retire. And then six months in, it's like, nah, this ain't it. Right. But that ultimately led me to where I'm at now, which is, you know, I finally kind of do see all the paths uh, that are going to ride into the end of the tunnel. And I'm sure there'll be more along the way, but it takes a long time to get to that spot. You've got to be totally, it's just like playing too. Like if you go and make a move and it doesn't work or you lose a gunfight, you have to have a short memory and just kind of say, okay, why did I get shot? How can I go and try to do better next time? Same thing in business. Yeah. And there's like an innate personality that people can understand from someone that does and accomplishes and creates a lot of things. Generally, they're, they don't really care what you think. And, and that sort of yeah. comes from two different places. Either it's a personality trait and they have the, they don't really care if you don't buy this thing, they're going to find someone that does. And mm-hmm. then there's also people that you're saying, like going through that experience or creating a bunch of stuff and having to sort of put yourself out there or your heart out there for people to judge. And you've gotten judged enough that you're like, okay, well, you know, I know who I am and that, you know, your judgment doesn't really hurt me. And so it can come from like learned or personality trait. And like, yeah, you may as well, if you don't have that initial personality of trait of, you know, I'm just doing this and I don't care what you think about it. Or, you know, you might have to, uh, if you do care a lot of what people think and you take a lot of what they say to heart, which is a, a great quality in itself, you do have to sort of, uh, strengthen the wall around your heart a little bit to not get as hurt when something's not received well, or let's say relating it back to what you're saying with playing that idea that you had in your mind of this great move and it turned out terribly and you catch a lot of flack from your team and your coach, you know, like that stuff's going to pass. And if you took the lesson from it, you took the lesson from it. But if it hurts you to a point where it, it discourages you to never do it again, it's like, are you even really, committed to the process in the first place ah there we go i mean that that's deep that really that resonates and for i'm sure there's somebody out there right now listening to this that has an amazing dream a vision and you just just never give up and i mean if you just stay consistent and you never give up you have an opportunity to achieve those dreams and and i think one of the biggest pieces of advice i could ever give in attaining like building something and and accomplishing your dream is is the teammates that you put around you. So once again, it comes all the way back full circle to paintball. It's no different. 
it is all about your team. It's all about the people that you choose to have in your circle. And actually, we were having lunch after the combine, and we kind of talked about this for a second at the Velvet Taco. If you've never tried the Velvet Taco, you've got to get in there. It's so <laughs> get good. Get in there. Oh, San my Antonio. God. The waffle, the chicken waffle taco is crazy. What are we talking about? It's insane. The, cur- <laughs> the curry chicken taco is oh, nuts, too, dude. That one is so fire. Yeah, There's bro. a great taking risks and, and succeeding with it right there. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. They're like, let's take all the cuisines. All of them. Put them <laughs> in the taco. taco. <laughs> <laughs> genius. Absolutely genius. But we were talking about the uh, the combine and our team of players at the combine and how how important that is that we have such a great team to be able to nurture this thing that is growing and and helping so many people on the paintball path. And then you know I was talking with Nick and it's like no different than in life with my my friends off the field. You know I'm so lucky to have so many people that I can really call true friends that I could call on and and be there for me. And it's all through genuine heartfelt character driven, you know, really um, thoughtful relationship building. And and when you do that, and you actually care about the process, you're going to go so far. And that goes into your business as well. You've got to really genuinely care about the people around you. And if you build, uh, you know, a good dynamic of people and really care about your process, to whoever's dream is out there, and they're chasing it, you can do it. You just got to you just got to build up, and you got to never quit. And it's it's halfway done. You're on your way. And it's halfway down. I love that. Yeah. On your way, man. Right. All right. So speaking of big news, we're we're gonna just break this right here. All right. PTG is gonna be at every single WCPPL in wow, the every single one season. Yes, we will be out there and we will have a booth and we're gonna be doing on the ground work, documenting divisional paintball, hyping up paintball players that are in love with this game and we will also be having some really cool stuff exclusive uh like shirts and little knickknacks and things for y'all to enjoy who are a part of the ptg family and and support this show and we are so excited to finally embark on this mission and be at a paintball tournament obviously i wish we could be at the nxl but i can't play and have a booth at the same time (laughs) um so we're we're starting with the dub c's We'll see how this goes. If it's received well, then we'll look to possibly get out to Texas and maybe totally. go to some USXBLs and and really start getting involved with divisional paintball across the country. That's our that is our dream. Yeah, that and is a, so cool. Congrats, uh, uh, you guys, dude. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Yeah, something I'm really excited for. We're going to be bringing the iPad and the road mic, so we're going to be doing all sorts of interviews with the you know divisional players, and we're going to create full on PTG shows based around you guys, you guys, the players, uh, you're going to be on the platform. So really excited to see what kind of content we could put together. It's going to be a fun way to connect with the community. Um, and it's definitely the next step of, you know, helping grow PTG and we're excited to have everybody be part of it. So it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to the first event, which is uh, first week in April. It's coming up. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be awesome. awesome. And as Maddie always talks about, like the stories of players is, you know, yeah. what's what the draws. And I can't wait to hear some of the stories because I know I've met a lot of people through paintball. And I mean, more than half of them are characters. So like, I can't <laughs> wait to hear some of the some of the stories you get out of that. It's going to be good. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like we haven't decided, but I think like even if you do just like little 20 minute segments with with a player, right? Come to the PTG booth, we'll do like a 20 minute segment. We'll talk about, you know, practices leading up to it, why you're here, a little bit about your team, how the event's going. 
like that right there could just be a fun little episode. It won't replace any of the episodes we're already doing. It's just going to be a additional fun content, do some sort of cool, you know, event video. We really want to expand, uh, play the game to be a little more media than just the podcast, just the social awesome. media presence, you know, trying to bring, you know, uh, uh, a wider umbrella, I guess, to the media game. So really looking forward to it and we can't do it without all of you guys. So, um, please, you know, come, come support and, and give us some interviews and some fun content. Heck yeah. We'll see y'all on That's the awesome. West coast out there. And are you, uh, you coach sometimes you've coached the dub C's. Yeah. So I have, yeah, I don't have any plans to do so right now, but usually that comes later. Um, so hopefully I get to see oh. you guys out there. That'd be great. Nick, yes. would you like a team to coach? Boom. Sure. I have, I have some teams. All right. Let I, me know. I mean, I probably won't be able to make it to all of them. And as, as something that um, Marcelo and I talked about uh, a little bit earlier, I, I created a new rule for myself in terms of coaching. Um, I really don't like the, the whole come to this event and coach us. Um, and we expect better results because I think that that's uh-huh. too short sighted. And I think that it's, it undersells uh, what I can do for a team or I know that I can do for a team. And it also gives me the feeling sort of like of a pay to win and paintball doesn't, it doesn't hand it out like that. You have to put in the work. And so like, for me, I I will only do the tournament coaching stuff if I can do at least three things. So whether that's two practices in an event or three events, like I've got to learn the players Mm-hmm. work on what they need to work on to play better as a team and so that's that's part of it as well and so i think that like if mm-hmm. if there's a, some teams out there that want to do that for sure but i know that that's intimidating for a lot of teams so that's also how i'm sort of managing um my and their expectations in terms of coaching so i had conversations with a few teams because they found out i wasn't gonna be coaching the wc and that's been my rule for for a few years now right i i totally agree i think it's it, it does a disservice to the team and maybe they don't really know. So they think like, Oh, if we just hire a pro coach for the event, we're going to get better results. Maybe they don't understand how important the preparation is. Right. But mm-hmm. like that is the most important part. So that's been a staple. And then unfortunately, you know, looking at it, I decided to take on the lucky 15s over in Europe this year. I still have wrecking crew full time and Tyler oh, and I yeah. wanted yeah, totally booked there, right? And so yeah. also WCs, we want to really go all in with PTG and and you know devote all of our attention to this and, and see where that goes. So decided to you know turn down a few different situations sure. that are excellent, but um, there's not many people that I would trust to replace that. You're definitely one of them. So we'll talk after that. the show. I'll, I'll let you know who Sounds they are and, and see if we get you in touch. Sounds good. That's great. Love it. Yeah. Thanks, Marcelo. Yeah, course, so we'll, we'll see you out there as well. Then it yeah. sounds like. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Real. Hey, real quick before we keep going down this path, uh, I wanted to close out the combine conversation with the summer camp uh, conversation because summer camp is coming up. Registration is going to open February twelfth for previous members. If you've come to a combine or the summer camp, you get a head start. This event usually does sell out. Um, so you want to, to get in there as soon as possible. And then public registration will be February 14th. I will be back this year, which is really exciting. I missed it so much last year. Um, really excited to just get back with, with the band and and have some fun out there. Um, but everybody stay tuned because you do not want to miss this event. It is the number one event you can go to if you are serious about learning. And I know a lot of people here summer camp, they think, oh, it's just going to be a bunch of kids. And this, if you want to learn more paintball than you've ever been exposed to. 
this is probably the place. You have six top level pros that are teaching you over a four day period, all day, all night. We do film review at night, you know, full uh, catered event with a chef on site. Like Delicious. it is just absolutely dynamite. Delicious the amount food. of players that oh have come gosh. through again, it's all part of the program, right? And yes, delicious food, but mm. the, the food's amazing. <laughs> Carmen so does. So good. <laughs> yeah. The food is so good. Um, but the amount of players that have come through this program, you know, you look at like, uh, uh, Brandon true, true Helio, true, true. I want to always say his last Trail. name, true Julio. Uh, for Ooh. aftermath, he's become a dynamite young player. He was a star Absolutely. on Team USA, you know, an absolute star. Seth Brown, you know, uh, Ben Slofer, Colton, all these kids that are now in the semi-pro ranks. Um, you know, you even had Christian Martinez, Austin Beatty. They earned a pro spot a couple years back. They didn't end up sticking with it. They decided to go a different direction in their life is what it is, right? But they got the opportunity and, and earned their way into a pro team. Um, Trent Nita. Just got a spot on Aftershock. Ben Slofer, um, I don't know if I'm... Eh, we're too late. We're in it. He's going to be playing with Aftershock in Europe, which is really cool. So in the pro division. So congratulations to Ben. I just yeah, shared ben. that. I don't know if I was supposed to. My apologies. <laughs> but you know what? Boy. You know what? You know what, Mr. Adamson? You you deserve it for all of the yeah. secrets you kept on the show. <laughs> and like you deserve proud it. father mode too. Like, I yeah, mean, totally that, that he's yeah. come up through like all of our programs and you've done so much work with him and like, mm -hmm. yeah, be proud about it. Like, absolutely. Whatever yeah. people. Yeah. Soon enough. <laughs> They're to going to find kid. out soon enough. It's no big secret. Yeah. Way to go. Um, yeah. I'm sure I'm missing some names too. Again, we've just had so many great kids that have come through and yeah. even if they haven't made it onto the pro scene, a lot of these players like Tommy Hawkins, by coming to the camps, he got integrated with uh, Wrecking Crew. He's now going to be playing semi-pro nice. crew. He was playing Division Three last year, you know. Um, the camp, the combine, the BKI process, it, it's all about networking, right? And you have all of these professors from different pro teams across the country that have all these connections. And if you come and you showcase your skills and we see that you're dedicated and you earn it, you're going to get opportunity. You're absolutely going to get opportunity. And that's been the whole point of the combine, the whole point of the summer camp and BKI. Um, so it's awesome to see that it's absolutely working. Um, and you guys don't want to miss it. It's an amazing. I'm glad game. you uh, clarified that a little bit because it's definitely not all about networking. You definitely have to put in the work and yeah, get right. better. And right. so like that might be the bigger part of it. But then the opportunity on top of that. And yeah. generally everyone's missing a little bit of of one of those things. And so. You know, if you've been working, grinding for years and somehow have a, gotten a bunch of pro knowledge, but then don't have the networking, then that's there for you. Totally. But then if you're the other way around or have neither, then yeah, all of these, mm -hmm. like the summer camp is, is amazing to find new mm -hmm. teammates, people that want to grind together, people that want to travel and play. Like it's, it's huge. Absolutely. It and it's yeah. all ages, all ages welcome. All so ages. everybody, if you're interested and you've been a part of uh, BKI before, you get a, you get a one-up on the, the rush, the crowd. Um, otherwise, it'll be opening on the 14th, which is Wednesday of next week, to the public. Valentine's so Day. Yep, Any Valentine's ladies Day. listening, get your man <laughs> yeah. Ooh, a, a trip that's to a summer good camp. One. That's a really good one. <laughs> that's actually. a good one. That go. is a good one. Hell of a, hell, of a, hell of a gift. Yeah. That's like a multi-tiered gift, too, because not only is it like a sweet gift, but it's also a very uh transparent way of saying like i support you what you're doing and what mm. you really love mm. and like there's not a lot of 
Well, I wouldn't say there's not a lot, but it's a really good way to vet um, your your partner, as Tyler saying, the people that you surround yourself with. If they don't, totally. you know, support the things that really fire you up, then you know that's not a great situation to be in. And so, like a a gift like that, if I got it, I would definitely think more about just the monetary value. I'd be like, dang, this this one really supports what I'm trying yeah, totally. to do here. So that's cool. <laughs> And maybe we could see some couples come out, right? I know there is Ooh, that's a great that idea. play, you know, um, I'm just excited. Again, last year I had such FOMO, you know, uh, we had the WCPPL yeah. event the same weekend. So unfortunately I couldn't go. Um, but uh, the whole time I was watching stories and I was like, ah, I miss it, dude. I miss it. it well, we were that I hadn't made it. I know we, we all, we missed you out there and we were watching the dub C as well. We were watching we were, the tournament. Yeah. Oh, that's like awesome. Breaking down games, watching. We were bringing up your games at night. Oh, wow. Them. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. I, yeah. I think our guys won that one too. So they did. Perfect. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It was fun, man. Awesome. Yep. So be on the lookout for that, everybody. And then there's still been a couple of uh, off season moves that we've seen. Um, Nick, yep. I want to pick your brain about, you know, everything cool. that's been going on. Austin notorious just picked up Matt Rao, who was formerly of infamous, which is a great pickup. Matt is a really good paintball player, so that's going to help out Notorious in the season there. And AC Diesel picked up Rene Rodriguez, who was from Austin FSU. And uh, so congrats to him on that move. Yeah, that's and then great. Every, all these, uh, these big moves that we've seen throughout the course of the season, um, what's your take on it all, Nick? Man, I love that the paintball offseason has so many moves. I think that it, it really keeps everything exciting. And, you know, like I definitely have my opinions on some teams, but like in the end, like the chemistry that GMs and coaches are trying to create don't always um, get reflected in the results that they see. And And this is like one of the hardest sports to create a new team. And I think that some of the newer teams, especially like Aftershock is doing a great job in terms of creating that previous chemistry of, of more experienced players. And then, you know, seeing other guys get shots, like the, the other game names that you brought up, getting the chance to play on a team that maybe has more experience than them and um, give them a shot to really get some on field experience and play more like I just get pumped for that kind of stuff. And so like, I'm, I'm glad that there's so many off season moves and that people are politicizing them and, you know, keeping paintball in the zeitgeist of people's minds past the off season. And so like that kind of stuff is important. And like, but like, to be honest in the end, it's like, I'm focusing on myself and my team in a way. And so like, as much as this is entertaining from my fan perspective, from like a, a player perspective, it doesn't change anything in a way. It's like, I'm still going to be playing against people that are trying to shoot me and I'm, I'm going to try to shoot them first. Right. And so like, there's, there's that duality there where I'm like, heck yeah, good for this guy. Good for this guy. But like, now you got to play me. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's sort of the mindset. That's right. Yeah. It's so funny. We talk about it all the time, but this show has, we've gotten, we've become really good at compartmentalizing. We have to. Absolutely. It's like this show is Absolutely. like got to put the the fan hat on, and you know, it's funny. I find myself be like watching all this stuff and being like so excited about it, and then I'm like, wait, what am I talking about? You know, we <laughs> these, are, <laughs> these are our competitors. I don't want to be excited about any of this. You know, <laughs> for sure, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. But um, you know, Bob and Weave, baby, Bobby, Bobby Weaverton around yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Weaverton. <laughs> yeah. 
That's uh, from the early episodes. We were like, when we first started this, we were bobbing and weaving left and right, trying to figure out how to do this thing and, you know, get it off the ground. So we came up with uh, Bobby, Bobby Weaverton. That's our best buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's our boy. You have to embody the Bobby Weaverton every now and then. Yeah. yeah. You got to bob and weave, man. Bob and weave. And uh, we have a lot of people in the Discord. Thank you to everybody who supports the show by being a part of the Patreon and the Discord. Um, we absolutely love you. We got a ton of people in here showing love. We got tinfoil hats flying all over the place. So <laughs> Let's go. We're going to see what we got in here. Um, we got Rounder. He is wondering... Uh, Nick, with Aftershock coming back, don't you think it's time to get 187 crew back in the mix? Ooh, that's a great <laughs> question. I think um, if I had the the individual funds to do something like that, maybe. I'm I'm really happy with my situation right now. I've had a lot of success and made some, you know, great friends. This is my my tenth year on Impact. Amazing! So, like, wow. I'm just as close to those guys. If a bunch of the 187 guys wanted to come back and run it, I would definitely have some questions in my mind, but I'd also have to see them practice and play some events first because <laughs> I'm also a competitor. Um, the name itself, that would be great. Uh, I think it's really, it's getting harder and harder to get a pro spot these days. And so that would have to come into it. But like, would I entertain it in my mind and in conversation? Absolutely. So it's hard to say what I would do with that. But, I, you know, I'm a pretty loyal person and i've gotten a lot of uh love and support from the team that i'm on and so it's it's hard to say that i would uh oh, yeah. you know just up and leave you know no impact mm -hmm. is such a great family um yeah. from top to bottom and uh there's always 10 men you know you guys can rally and play some 10 men out there that's a great point i'm already i i regret i'm already in enough group chats as it is and i just got added yeah. to a cap factory chat oh boy you're and so, like, I look at it, I'm like, 20 messages. We'll see that later, maybe. <laughs> you never get messages. caught up on that, dude. <laughs> no. I'm like, yeah, someone will hit, call me individually, and, and we'll talk if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, the group chats are already too many. I don't need another 10-man team, too. Yep. We're involved. So, we got the chats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we do have these guest questions here, and I have one that is going to call in. Are we ready? Should we, should we yeah, bring them in? I'm, I'm nervous for these. I feel like these are going to get spicy. I'm about to lay too many cards on <laughs> they, the table. They, they might. They might. Let's see. Let's <laughs> let's give them a call. Here we go. Patty Rice. Uh, I still, Nick, you're not in the Discord. We got to get you the golden ticket in there. I thought I'm Nick the was in there. Yeah, yeah of course. There. Yeah, he's you are. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, he's in there. Of course you are. Yeah, baby. So you should you should have been looking at these guest questions already, man. Oh, I could have done my homework for sure. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So we got, hey, hmm. this is great. He hasn't seen this was a busy day for me. I barely made it on time here. I, I, my dog was pissed that I was bringing her in so early because I'm like, we got to hit the show. Hey, we appreciate you, man. Thank yeah, you. And, and you're like, like we say, you're alumni. Oh, here we go. TG royalty. I we love got the him. community you guys are creating. So we love it. Patty Rice. What's up? What up, brother? Welcome Yo. to uh, the PTG show. You are, you are on the air. We got Nick Laval. We got T-Harm. And uh, and one of the goats. How you doing? Let's go. Doing good. Long time listener, first time caller. I guess it's the official <laughs> nice. official status there. <laughs> this is official. This means you've made it. You could basically ask your question and then retire. You know. <laughs> right, right. I'll I'll retire. Uh, I had a good Division Four career, so uh, you know. <laughs> nice. Well, based on this question, you know, if it's a great question, then retire. It's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> 
Hey, Patty. Oh, awesome. You, well, yeah. Dude, first of all, just want to say thank you for everything that you do in the chat rooms because you're such a great community member. Uh, we absolutely love the dynamic that you bring and the energy. And uh, we can't wait for you to ask your question to Nick. And whenever you're ready, you can fire it off. Awesome. Thank you, Tyler. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to be a part of. Cool. Uh, so, Nick, my, uh, my question for you, hopefully to, to kick off the tinfoil hat discussion, <laughs> is uh, what is any latest conspiracy that you're reading up on or that's like held traction with you? And then also, second, unrelated, but potentially related, are you D.B. Cooper or his long-lost relative? <laughs> I wish, because I would probably have a fat sack of cash, but not D.B. Cooper's relatives. Um, in terms of like newer conspiracies, I don't know. I feel like right now, my, my lane is sort of coming out of red pill and into... Uh, more like I know some people are a little bit like black pill and, and negative, but my current conspiracy right now is is totally self-centric that, you know, our perspective creates not only a vast majority, but not, but everything that we see and experience. And if you get caught up in all of the conspiracies and negativity and into, um, you know, you're being lied to, you're being poisoned, um, then what's the real poison? You know, it's, it's the thing that you're taking yourself. And so my conspiracy right now is, is trying to uh, mm. just focus on my interpretation of what I can see, touch and experience. And, you know, my life is, is pretty great right now. And there's no reason to add um, negativity into that in terms of like global or even local events. And so, you know, I tend to the garden that I can touch. And if, if there's something that I can help with in my immediate vicinity, I'll do that. But I'm not going to go out of my way and buy into a lot of uh, a lot of ways. I feel like people are trying to steal your attention and your time and your your mana. So, you know, I'm keeping that to myself right now and you know, just doing the best that I can in my own life and relationships. And I think that that is the current conspiracy path that I'm on. Bam. Boom. Bam. Wow. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, Nick, I'm, I'm just going to say, that's going to live with me rent-free for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. That's cool. Yeah, that's outstanding, Nick. I mean, you can't say that much better, man. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and keep keep it fun, you know? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. So you are D.B. Cooper, though, is what you're saying. <laughs> I mean, I've got a tattoo, but... <laughs> All right, you heard it here, people. You heard it here. And Patty, man, thank you so much for everything, brother. We can't wait to uh, see you at some tournaments soon. Um, and be safe out there. Thanks for tuning in, dude. Yeah, great, great question, Patty. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you all for having me on. Have a good one. Of course, Patty. Too, thank dude. you. We'll see you in the Discord. Yes, sir. Later, bro. Peace. <laughs> dude, that was a good dude, one. Dude. All right. Nick with the, with the fuego answer. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, it's so interesting, right? I uh I you know have this internal tug of war match frequently uh between wanting to be informed and up to date so that I can maybe make better decisions in my everyday life and do do things that could facilitate change, but then you realize like how much power do you really have and how much happiness is it actually stealing from you, you know, and you mm -hmm. start weighing the pros and cons and 
And, you know, the other side of that, that tug of war match is tending to your garden, the garden you can touch. I love so eloquently put right there, Nick. I love that's, that. That's not a, that's not an original. Just yeah, to, sure. You know. But you know what? You, you, you still said it. You still said it. Um, thank you for being honest on it, I guess. But um, look, is anything really original? You know, nothing new under the sun. Yeah, say. And, exactly, I, and I kind of right? believe it, you know, like I did too. I'll, look, it, it was original in that moment, the way that you presented it and uh, in, in, you know, that part of the conversation. Um, but, you know, it, it's so true. Like, what if you spent all of that time and energy just really focusing on the things that you can directly influence? How much yeah. better would your life be? You know, um, what are you really missing out on? Are you worried that you'll be uneducated in a conversation if you don't know about some global politics or, you know, some, you know, things that are happening overseas or in the next state over? I don't know. You know, if you really spend that time focusing on on how you can be healthier and you can make the person next to you healthier and how you can continue to grow and how you can continue to better yourself and you really keep all of your energy in that direction. Maybe that is the way. Maybe it is, you know, I'm yeah, torn. I it's Jordan Peterson. He talks about, you know, make your bed. And I think that like, it's really about glow- growing your own influence. And, you know, if your life is a mess, I mean, why take on the mess of, of another place until you can handle your own. And so, you know, building your own influence sphere larger and being able to take on mm-hmm. things that are just touching your sphere, I think is, is the best way that you can help because otherwise all you're doing is you're outsourcing other people's problems into your life and that's damaging your own sphere and i know that sounds like really selfish in a way but like if you really want to help other people first you need to help yourself and then grow your sphere into helping their life but you know no one wants to take advice from someone that needs the advice and so like become someone that doesn't need the advice and then you can dish it out in a way and the, and the universe has a funny way of creating opportunities to where you can shine and help a lot of people in your sphere and people abroad and outside of your sphere just in like serendipitous ways. If you just do the right things and you, you make really good choices, the ripple effect on those types of things are monumental that you couldn't even, you would never see, you would never even understand. But the ramifications of doing those types of things and taking that type of action will permeate out and have a, a bigger effect than you could ever imagine if, and if we all choose to make the good choices and like go above and beyond help and, and care and go the extra mile, then that's when the real magic really starts to happen. So I, I love the way that you put that, Nick. That was outstanding. And thank it, you. Guys. Thank you to Patty for hopping on the show there. We got uh, Papa Sash. There he <laughs> <Swanny>. is. <laughs> <laughs> the infamous question. <laughs> Nick, so what did you think of the layout at the combine? It had all the Oh, at beams. the combine with all the beams? Yeah. I don't know. I've heard a lot of hate on the beams and I understand it, but at least the way that that was laid out, I I really enjoyed it. I think it can, it can be very creative in terms of like going up into spots and coming back. That being said, there's plenty of ways that many beams can be used wrong and uh, really be unnecessary and also create uh, situations where there's a little bit more, encouraging crazy risk on the field because if you get to this spot you can go all the way down to someone's start box however you make the beams um but i i like the uh idea of of layouts continually changing and finding new ways 
to play the game and to uh, succeed in the game. And so I don't, I don't have a problem with uh, the bunker layout changes, but again, there can be a lot of ways that that is done in a, in a very ugly way. Like if you put beams all across the back line, it's like, you know, that's more gimmicky than it is uh, play style, but hopefully the, the people's who, whose job it is to uh, create and test those layouts are doing their due diligence to make, make a really fun one. But I, I liked the combine layout. I think I would have loved to play it. I think I would have uh, really enjoyed the way that, you know, especially someone who plays multiple spots, how you could sort of transition from one side to another, if you're willing to crawl. Um, and so in, in my uh, upcoming practices and uh, in regular life, I'll probably be crawling a little more to get those elbows ready for all them beams out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't been doing your crawling drills leading yeah. into the season, start now, start baby. Start, <laughs> start it now. Yeah. Um, all right. This is a good one. This is uh, for all of us. Nick, you can answer first. Mark Paris wants to know for everyone, when you are coaching and we kind of touch on this, when you are coaching divisional players or teams, what do you find are some ways to make sure everyone is accountable for their responsibilities? That's a good question. I mean, I think that there's different people take on criticism in different ways. And in terms of, of staying accountable, you know, there's some people that you're going to get the most out of um, if you're yelling at them. And there's some people that are going to, take the most out of it if you're sorry wally and so to try to understand <laughs> my little brother's calling sorry guys I forgot i, I forgot to that. i forgot to bluetooth it or mute it after the, <laughs> it's funny because i was just gonna I, I thought that was like a weird glitch and i was just gonna keep going but since you, <laughs> since you acknowledged it yeah i, I was like okay that everyone heard that well they're like so, what's Polly wally <laughs> my little brother's name is paul i've just always called him paul wall or Polly wally <laughs> i love it Oh, all right. Um, but in terms of being accountable, you know, some people shirk off accountability and, and they don't want it. And those are the people you really got to attack with it. And then there's certain people that hold themselves very accountable. And I think being able to recognize um, and learn individuals and what is a fair amount of um, accountability across the board um, so that people do learn their lessons and grow from it is is sort of the interesting thing with coaching and, and identify identifying those people because in at least in my mind in coaching there's not a there's not a set way to do it per person per team across the board but like identifying individuals and then the majority like for example if the majority of the team is going to do better taking an ear beating or the majority of the team's going to do better um, having more homework identifying that and I think that like accountability is perceived in different ways. And so, um, you know, giving, giving accountability is either ab absorbed by, um, by giving or absorbed by smashing. And so like, I'm not really one that loves to smash accountability. Uh, but you know, that's why I think that like, I recommend certain coaches for certain teams, but, uh, yeah, accountability is a tough one. It's a, it's a tough one. Yeah, and I guess there's two ways that you can approach it. There's there's the on-field and off-field accountability. Um, I'm going to dive into the on-field accountability and responsibilities. And my biggest one is caring about the player next to you enough to consistently check in and make sure that we're all on the same page. So 
having a simple set like guided rule system to to where the players always know to check in with each other and they have a system in which to do that so like the big one for me and like doing the combine coaching that I was hammering into the players is to check in with the player next to you and it's really simple we need to know the kill count and we need to know where these opponents are positioning so if you can at the very base minimal and this is with players that had never played together you know, don't know each other's calls are, are kind of getting thrown into the washing machine here and, and hoping to come out clean. Where if you can just have this streamlined um, system where you're accountable for this set guided rule system of uh, responsibilities, like the kill count, body position, and then you can go a little bit deeper and start to think about how you're going to win, things like that, putting things together, asking good questions. Those are the kinds of things on the field that I think are really important to hold people accountable to. And it will, in turn, help the team have more awareness and do better on the field and and play with a little more gumption. Like, it's almost disrespect when a player doesn't talk back or or give you information. It's like, man, we're are we? You know, we're in this together. Do you even let's, care about me? Yeah, let's go. We're we're yeah, we're doing this together. So um, that is really important. And I think that if you can be accountable to those kind of things on the field, um, you'll have a lot of success out there. Yeah, well said, Ty. Um, you know, for me, I really believe it starts with building the right culture from the beginning. So. When I engage with a new team and I take them on and say, okay, I'm going to be coaching you for this season, it starts with the culture. Um, It starts with them buying into what the formula might be. And that formula has been proven. So maybe it's not as easy for everybody to implement that. You know, if you're a division three coach that hasn't won, it might be hard for you to say, uh, you know, here's what we're going to do and here's the proof to back it up. But if you listen to this podcast, you've probably, uh, you probably have the formula. We've, we've shared the formula many times, right? But to me, it starts with having that conversation saying, look, this is the formula and this is what we need from everybody. And, and you lay the foundation of what the accountability is going to look like for the season, right? Because when you do that in a meeting before the season starts, then it's really easy when it's that first practice or 20th practice, when somebody's not following through with what you guys all already agreed on. It's easy to bring up and say, hey, look, we, we agreed on this and you're not doing it rather than not having that conversation. And then when somebody's, you know, not holding up their end with their responsibilities, you start pointing fingers and then people get mm-hmm. defensive. But if everyone's already agreed on this and, and everybody's already bought into the formula and the culture of the team, then it's a lot easier to hold people accountable. I find that those meetings, you know, and you could have a meeting, uh, you know, before every event, you know, a few weeks out and say, OK, this is our agreement going into this event. This is what everybody's responsible for over the next four weeks. If you don't agree with it, speak up now. If you're on board, I believe this is the formula. I believe this is what's going to give us the best chance of winning. If you're on board, let's all agree and let's hold ourselves accountable. Then it makes it really difficult for people to argue and and feel like they're being blamed for things when they don't follow through on their end. right? But I find that that communication beforehand is imperative to uh, the culture and to having everybody on the same page and it makes accountability much easier. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. March. Yeah, you got to lay it all out on the table from the get go. Yeah, totally. Yeah. hundred percent. Love that. Good question. Mark Paris. He always has great questions. He's one of the, one of the goats that, uh, is really active in here and he, he asks really, really great questions. I, I love it. Absolutely. Love it. Let's go, Mark. He's got all another right. one too. 
Yes, he I'll does. Ask that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We got Mole King, Tank Dangle in the house. Yeah. Randall, uh, baby. He says, peace, Nick. If you were entering the hollow earth, would you enter through the volcano hole in the North Pole or the submarine? <laughs> um, I mean, just from uh, what that sounds like, I feel like I would go North Pole volcano. Um, I, I'm a little bit unaware of like how hollow earth works. I've, like, Yeah, me too. But I don't know at- the full parameters of this. Uh, but I'm open to it as always, you know, if you present a good case, but either way, I mean, volcano and North pole, like those two things just sound super cool. So, you know, like submarine sounds like a nightmare in terms of like getting trapped in a little tube. Um, and if I can go through a volcano in the North pole, that's an easy choice for me. That's oh, a double, like, double whammy. It sounds like there might be some in volcanoes and in the North pole. So there's, there, from what it sounds like, Mr. Mole King, there's a lot of activity. We got we got to know more. You got to drop some uh drop mm-hmm. some of these facts in the in the Discord so we can see what you're talking about here. <laughs> Dude, the hollow earth. So wait, there's like more. There's earths in the earth? What's going on here? Do you guys know about this? So, I think I mean, this part I'm unsure of cuz like I've heard of all hollow earth before and um I've never really understood how it works, but I saw a diagram a couple of months ago that I was like, okay, that like I get how that works now. Uh-huh. But this part, I'm pretty sure, like, the idea of Hollow Earth was, like, mathematically um, contrived by a really famous uh, NASA and, um, like, worker and astronomer. And I, I think it was, like, Edward Hubble. Like, someone really big like that. Like, that has something crazy named after them. Like, a spacecraft. Either way, that part is is question. I'd have to look that up again. But the diagram that I saw was basically like a round ball uh-huh. that instead of what we would imagine as like the earth, imagine the round ball being the ocean. And the ball around that is actually the crust that we live on. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to look up at the sky, you're actually looking at the round ball in the middle. So like the sky is basically the center ball and then the crust and earth that we live on in the ocean is the outer ball. And we're actually looking towards the center when we look at the sky. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, my mind yeah. hurts. Okay. My so mind here, hurts. Wikipedia has this. Uh, the hollow earth is a concept proposing that the planet earth is entirely hollow or contains a substantial interior space, notably suggested by Edmund Haley in the 17th oh, century. Oh, Haley. Haley's yeah. comment. That's what it was. Not Hubble. Haley. The other yeah. age. Uh, the notion was disproven. First tentative by Pierre Bouguer in 1740. So this has been around for a long time. They've been talking about this. How, uh, when was it? Or like, how was it disproven? Um, the definitive. Let's see. It doesn't really. See, this is where we need young Stevie in here. Like yeah. how, uh, how Joe oh, has yeah, Jamie. Great. You know? Just drop Because I'm pretty hot. sure like the deepest hole ever dug by humans is like 7.1 miles. It's like really just a drop in the bucket when it comes to like what we would think is the Earth's crust. Yeah. And so to like, A, know everything that's on the inside and to disprove that it's hollow mm-hmm. is interesting. Yeah, and it looks like you enter through the North or South Pole from what it's the diagram is showing. This is crazy. 
This is really crazy. If you know more, drop some comments in the uh, in the YouTube if you want to have some yeah. fun diving in. I'm, I'm not super well-versed in, in Hollow Earth, but I mean, yeah, me love it. If, if I could go into one, it would definitely be North Pole Volcano. That sounds super cool. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, North Pole sounds dope for sure. Uh, I yeah. thought I just saw something in the deepest hole dug was 22 miles, but I can't quite. Yeah, I don't know if I can confirm that. Um, still, still, that's like nothing. That's like nothing. nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Um, all right. This one, Mark Paris again, but this one's for you, Ty. He yep. wants to know, nice. when you see one of your teammates trash talking another team like, yeah, yeah, I did with Aftershock, does that get you fired up? Are we seeing the beginning of a Houston Heat versus Aftershock rivalry? Dude, it's a rivalry between every team that's <laughs> on the other side of the field. You know what I mean? Like, I, I posted a comment on the uh, HK Army post that they made with, yeah, yeah you know, doing his thing and shout out to yay. That's my dog. Let that boy. Yeah. And, um, I said on there, if you don't go into every single match and, and expect to dominate your opponent, that's on the other side of the field. If you don't have that mentality, get off the court, just step off. Cause you shouldn't even be out here. You know what I mean? So it's uh it's sports, it's rivalries. Like I yeah. said, we, we, uh, we're coming for it all with every team we play against. And I know that every team that plays against us brings their best. So it's going to be exciting paintball every time that we step on the field and the competition is looking amazing. You know what I mean? Like people are hungry, so it's going to be some tough battles out there. So you got to come correct, be working your butt off, playing a lot of paintball, playing good team ball and go get W's out there. And yeah, yeah, that boy is going to run down everybody. So watch out. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Oh yeah. It sounds like it fired you up, which I, I love it. Yeah, I'm a, if if my teammates talking smack, if it's in the right way, I'm definitely getting fired up. So yeah, he's having fun, and they feel uh, it come off you, Ty. The fire was lit, getting lit. <laughs> yep, I mean I'm excited just thinking about it. I I cannot <laughs> wait to get out to Las Vegas. Um, it's gonna be cool to be back in, you know, Las Vegas. We haven't been just there in under a while. five weeks. Yeah, we're right around the corner from it. So it's, it's amazing it. stuff. All right. I got another question from Joe Barrett. Nick, any UFO sightings or otherworldly experiences? I know you have interest in this type of thing, so I'd like to hear it. Shout out to Joe Barrett. Yeah, Joe. Absolutely. I mean, not of recent. I mean, if there's I'm I'm open to seeing some UFOs. I feel like I've yeah, were you about to say something? Nick, what yeah, I, I mean, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but how about nope. that whole Miami incident? Oh yeah, the uh, the teenager shooting off fireworks in the mall that That's drew said. hundreds of police cars. I mean, hmm. it was like almost a thousand police cars. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Like and so, I, like the story is Ty that you know some of the witnesses said that there was like ten foot tall non-humans that were actually the people, or what is what actually what scared the people into. Uh, calling all the cops and that would also um, justify how many police cars actually showed up. And they also did some other stuff like um, shut down a lot of the air traffic or if not all the air traffic out of the airport, they um, shut down some communication in the area so that, you know, people couldn't make calls in or out. And so it doesn't sound very kids with sticks. Yeah. Well, supposedly fireworks, but either way, it's a wild story and there's two very different sides of it where, you know, one side saying that it was only this and then another side being like it was something otherworldly. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
I wasn't there, but I love entertaining it. Yeah. I saw some footage afterward of like some blurry figures walking out in front of cop cars, but it's so hard to trust video so these hard. days when, yeah. it, especially when it's blurry, you know, like yeah. I'm like, unless it's on like a 4k or like yeah. iPhone, yeah. like, I don't know where these people are getting some of this footage sometimes. Like they went back in time to get it, but um, yeah, aliens in the Miami mall, baby. The, the yeah. craziest thing to me was the response. I mean, that was just so telling of something way bigger than even kids with fireworks. I don't know. It, to, and to shut down the airport, I, it just didn't make sense. Like, that seems like a huge overreaction. Then there was an interview, not an interview. This kid, this could be fake. Again, you got to be careful with what, what you know. But there was a video of this kid calling his dad, who was a Miami uh, sheriff, mm. And, um, he's like asking him about it. And his dad's like, you know, I, I can't talk about it. And he's like, well, is it kids? He's like, I can't talk about it. You know, it was like a really weird phone call. Um, again, could be totally fake, totally doctored. Um, but his dad was like, you know, kind of like get out of the area. It was like, it was a weird, weird thing, you know, almost like he was hiding something, but again, it could, that video could mm-hmm. be fake, but there was, I was diving in the rabbit. Another weird thing is that it wasn't on any news networks for a couple of days. Yeah, that that's definitely that's weird also one, weird, especially because of the police response. Like, I yeah. like more of the conspiracy sided media that I look at was like the first to report that kind of stuff. <laughs> totally, I didn't see it on, yeah, on the regular uh, streams of information. So that that was also questionable as well. Um, yeah. Either way, we're not getting the full story on that one, uh, and it's interesting how quickly it died out as well. It's like we're True. so fast paced when it comes to information aliens could land at the white house and like, you know, tell us all this stuff. And then people are still going to go about their normal day. So it's, it's, it's a weird time we live in. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. We're very amnesic creatures, very forgetful quickly. And, uh, I just, I mean, can we please get some, some clear video at <laughs> yeah, dude. of some of this stuff? <laughs> it seems like everyone who has ever recorded anything has like a, a Nokia nineties. Yeah. Nokia. <laughs> Can we get some? You guys remember the movie Science? Remember when that alien walked by and you were like, "Oh, you know, yeah. like, you're like that's a crystal clear shot of it." You know, can we get some of that going? Maybe they radiate some sort of thing that messes with the cameras. We were, yeah, you I can know, totally see that. Yeah, and, makes sense. I mean, if they're from another dimension, I think uh, messing with the little camera is the least of their worries. They could probably shut down everything yeah. if they want to. Yeah. I also they think should, there's some the sort of like uh, built in yeah. algorithms into a lot of those things that like, if the powers that be wanted to, it would be very easy to say, to send out a blast. Like for example, you got your emergency texts that everyone got. You could send out a blast to say, delete all photos and videos that happened in the last 30 minutes. Like that'd be pretty easy to do. And so, you know, Maybe those Nokia's are the only ones escaping that that uh, little send out. <laughs> but why aren't these people turning to Twitter? Yeah, Twitter. What do you mean everyone Twitter? would hear about it. You'd be like, Where's- "I had all these all this footage. <laughs> I had all this footage, and it just you know, I think enough, you know, enough people would the Reddit, be the Reddit in outrage would be going crazy. You sure like, hope so. You do. Yeah. You sure hope so. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we so, didn't even have the tin yeah. foils on for that one. Oh, Look at that. No. Yeah, we got the titties out. Questions in here too. Out here. Um, Let's see. We got we got C M Harry in the house. Nick, what is your opinion on all of the offseason moves? Which will have the most impact on the league? Um, I mean, 
I hope that the most impact comes from the aftershock guys because they're really, you know, promising a lot and putting together a lot. And I and they're also putting a lot into content and creating storyline. And so I always root for teams that are, you know, gung-ho about starting something. And as we talked about earlier, there's two hard things. There's starting something and there's keeping it going. And like, that's a great story to have come out of paintball uh, in mm-hmm. terms of off-season moves. And so I always root for, my with my fan hat on, I always root for teams like that a little bit in the same way that the year before I was rooting for Diesel a little bit because, you know, the, those are some of the guys that I played with for a long time. And, you know, it only justifies uh, building these big teams and that, you know, paintball can do well or an individual team can do well if you just create the right organization. And, you know, the big organizations that have been doing it well for a long time, they've got the formula. And I would, I would love some, um, some new teams coming in there to making, to shake it up and to also uh, hopefully reach people outside of paintball with their story. So mm-hmm. I guess those are the off season shakeups that I'm always interested in. And I always root for um, in terms of like individual players for, per teams, like wish them the best individually, but I definitely don't like follow those storylines as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you guys picked up Mikey Urena, which is a huge pickup. So Absolutely. definitely bolsters that snake side a little bit there for you. And Mikey's been hungry, man. He, he always has been mm-hmm. um, his whole journey. So it's going to be exciting to watch him play for your guys' squad. I appreciate it. I'm I'm stoked for him. I've respected his play for quite a while. I've never really got a chance to even interact with him that much. But, you know, like I sent him out a text like, dude, I'm pumped that you're on the team because like he's he's a dog and it's always good to have dogs on your side. And like he's one of those guys that, you know, when times get tough, he gets tougher. And, and that's a hard thing to teach and even find. So definitely pumped to have Urena out there. Yep. Arena Schmarina. <laughs> nah, that's my boy. He knows it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, my last question is from Tyler Stancil, one of the OG goats. Nick, you're considered a very intelligent player and you have a shit ton of experience, but even you discover new concepts or deeper understanding of the game over time. Can you share some high level theory on paintball with us that the majority of players just don't comprehend yet? Ooh, that's a great question, Tyler. Dynamite. Um, yeah, I mean, things are always evolving and like, I definitely, you know, learn, like we all build these constructs of how we understand things um, in our minds and we're always tweaking those to be better. And so I think answering your question, that's, I'm going to focus on things that I'm trying to tweak to be better. And I really think that there is much more off field influence for individuals and players that a lot of players and coaches uh, like to ignore. Um, And I think that like for individuals, you know, that we, we, especially in BKI see a lot of people that, you know, want to pour all of their energy and effort into uh, drills and skills. And we see a lot of teams that want to pour all of their effort into, um, scouting and into you know showing up for the tournament and i really think that there's there's a important balance that comes into showing up in the moments that you need to show up and you know there's things that you build like performance anxiety like if you are 
constantly thinking about, you know, those big moments in a way that is going to be detrimental when you get there because you can't sort of release the reins of just going with the flow in those times. Or as a team, you really are worried about getting everyone on the same page when there might be, you know, some people that need to be on their own page to show up for the team. Um, trying to figure out what those off-field necessities need to be, not only for uh, an individual and for a team, I think are are equally as important as all of the numbers that you can put up in the combine. And I think that's true around just about every sport. You see, you know, plenty of athletes that, like, let's say Dennis Rodman's a great example, savage of a guy would go off and do his own thing, but show up and perform and be a good teammate when he was there. And so if you're that type of person, being able to take that uh, space for yourself is, is can be a selfish looking move, but might help the team in the long run and being a coach or a GM that's wise enough or a captain that allows for that to happen. But then also reeling people in when that's, not going to give them the best performance. I think nurturing the off-field stuff that translates into on-field stuff is, um, I think, one of the things that I'm trying to figure out in a way that uh, is applicable in a system over time per individual. Because like, I feel like right now, if I were to run any scenario of a, a game and a layout, I could tell you what the best moves are. Um, but to get those guys to show up and to really feel what that is and and be present in that moment and not or get crushed by the moment is is a really hard thing to do and so the system on field is just as important as the system on field and and that's where I'm trying to figure out the best way to be a psychologist and a teammate and um but also a strategist and so I think that that is where I'm at now in terms of uh evolving the game that's major <laughs> yeah man excellent response as always nick yeah, appreciate dude. it so what do you it's got complicated out there man it's complicated out there it is it is and it isn't right it's as like right. like you were alluding to it's as complicated as we make it as we choose to for make sure. it and uh i think you said that perfectly man so what do you got going on for the, the rest of the week um and leading into i'm sure you guys got some practices going on what's going on with impact yeah, we got uh, two practices before the event, um, and so I'm pumped about that, you know, seeing some of the new teammates, getting some gel going. In yeah. terms of personal, I'm doing a ton of design stuff uh, with Project, and then also starting a couple new projects, and also trying to make sure my girlfriend and my dog are happy, and my teammates <laughs> are happy. So, you know, yeah. it's busy out there, and um, I'm also, I started CrossFit uh, at the end of last year, and so I'm waking up at friggin' 615 slamming down some pre-workout and doing that and then coming back and working so we busy out here but hopefully nice, uh, you man. know it's about creating a better me that sphere then can help other people and i think that you guys create an uh, amazing platform to allow people to do that and so hopefully you know i can uh push a little bit of that motivation onto other people but also let them know that it's hard and it sucks at the same time so <laughs> you guys you guys crush in terms of uh making sure that you know people get their weekly motivation from somebody and so 
I applaud you as well. If I had a button, I'd hit it. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. Man. I'll hit it for you. Well, it's cyclical. Uh, it's it. We're just as like inspired to to be connecting with everybody, and and we get inspired by your stories as well. And Nick, you're always welcome here. Like we said, you're PTG royalty. So thank you so much for for hopping on the show. And as soon as we get, uh, we got some fire new like shirts and just hats and stuff that we're cooking up. Um, you know, to keep the podcast community dripped out in some PTG showing out. love. Yep, John Stevie crushing it, dude. I love his stuff. So Absolutely. Yes. Wait till you guys see what just got cooked up. I mean, yeah, it's Crazy. dope. It's definitely the cool. coolest uh, like merch or anything we've done so far. So I'm really excited for it. Nice. Yeah, yep. I look forward to it. Yeah, and we well, got to we'll get see. you cooking some stuff too, brother. Like you know, this is this is this is your wheelhouse. Yep. Some kind of cool collab if you're open to it. Let's do it. I'm totally open to it. Yeah, yeah for sure. It could be like a Nick Laval PTG thing. And I mean, we'll That's split, split it yeah. with you. Yeah. Dude, the tinfoil hat uh, deal. We'll just <laughs> yeah, do some tinnies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get, right we'll get some of those uh, those silver lined um, hats. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> they're, they're real. Like they have a little layer on the inside. To yeah, like protect you from. Dude, I feel like yeah, mine, math blockers, baby. I feel uh, like mine's pretty real. This is this has got some crunchy tin on yeah, it. Yeah, this seems real. I think uh, if I needed to bust it out, I think this would do some damage. <laughs> yeah, but not silver. Like silver is. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> we uh, we can't wait to see you soon, bro. Be safe Absolutely. out there. Stay away from those uh, rattlers if you're going out hiking. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. it gets crazy out there and. Uh, give our best to all your loved ones. I know you guys are working hard, so keep it up, and we'll see you soon, dude. Thanks, Appreciate Nick. You guys. Have a good one. Later, Thanks, guys. Nick. Peace. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to ptgpaintball.com. Click the orange Patreon link in the corner and support the show. We greatly appreciate it. We have tiers as low as $1.99 a month. That is nothing, guys. It'll give you access to the Discord where you get access to the players chat and get to mingle with the entire PTG community. We have tons of different pros in there. Tyler and myself are very active, and it's an amazing way to support the show. We also have amazing other tiers if you want to be one of the best want to be a goat sign up for the goat tier it's the greatest way to support us and each month we do a private live stream show one-on-one kind of thing to where it's just the goats and tyler myself will bring in some special guests every now and then but you get to ask us questions in real time live on the air and you get lots of inside juicy news that we don't share uh on the show so as always we will see you guys very soon